Hello everyone, this is Charlie, cutting in right before the episode. I wanted to say that uh, partly through this episode, about 20 minutes in, you're going to hear the eye catch from the show because when we first recorded this, I had some internet problems and we had to record the very next day. And because of that, not only is there a little bit of overlap between like what we're saying before the eye catch and right after it, my the quality for the second time around isn't as good because I didn't realize the second time we were recording that I was recording my onboard microphone instead of the snowball that I'm using right now. So I'm sorry about that. I did my best to fix it so that it's not awful. It sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But uh, I just wanted to let you guys know before you listen to the episode that that, that happened. And I was gonna enter. I was gonna put in the gap where I was slowed down and you could barely hear me but only Crash and Cassidy recorded that part it's not recorded my part so you wouldn't be really be able to hear that anyways so I guess maybe if we ever do like a blooper reel or something like that maybe I could find a way to put that in so you all can hear what happened but for now just enjoy the episode Precure Podcasts Engage Hello and welcome to Precure Podcast Engage, the podcast where we try and watch the entire Pretty Girl franchise. I am Charlie, your fairy partner, Chipo. And I am Protector of the Light, Cure Cassidy. And today, we are watching episode 5 of Futariwa, Serious Trouble, A Desperate Pissard. Oh no, I forgot about the gimmick again. <laughs> I've done this consistently for like the past three episodes, even though I'm the one that started this gimmick. You are. <laughs> it's okay. While you look up the uh, other name of the episode, we have... Our very first guest today. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Crash. Welcome to the podcast, Crash. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No problem. Now I have some questions for you before we begin. First question is, have you watched Precure before? So I am pretty new to Precure. Um, in preparation for the podcast, I did watch episodes one through five of uh, Futariwa Precure. But um, before this, I think my only real exposure is like uh, random clips on like Twitter and stuff like that. People will post like particularly beautiful animation from the series and uh, just kind of hearing about it in like magical girls circles. Yeah. So you did watch the previous episode, so you're all caught up on. I am. Um, I got to see the full arc of Pissard's demise, and uh, that was pretty interesting how the, the series handles it. It's, it happens pretty quick, but. <laughs> yeah, I was mentioning last week that like Jedi in the Sailor Moon anime got twice as many episodes yeah it's kind of interesting comparing like kind of what sailor moon did with uh jedi the first like you know general of sorts um versus kind of how Pissard. it 
in, in Sailor Moon, you, there's kind of this dynamic with Queen Beryl where she's like, don't mess up this week, Jedi. And he's like, I won't. And then he does. Where I feel like <laughs> um, with Precure, uh, Jakku King is like, no, I, you don't understand. This is your last try. If you screw up, we will kill you. And then he does die. He does. Well, Meeple kind of says that he doesn't die, die. Mm. But we'll get to that when we get to the end of the episode and what happened to Pissard. But yeah, it is interesting to see that he only gets five episodes. It might be because there's more villains compared to Sailor Moon. Yeah. Some, yeah, one more general. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole like shadowy council who, like like most magical girls, they, they all sit together and talk shit about each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So... One more question. Since this is the only Precure season you've seen, if you had to pick between Cure Black and Cure White as your favorite Cure, which one is it? Oh, that's hard. I was actually talking about that with my partner as we were watching it, because I actually really like the way that Cure Black and White really complement each other as a duo, and they really kind of cover each other's weaknesses. They're kind of quintessential brain versus brawn, and I really like that they work well together. I guess if I had to pick, it would probably be white. I um, mm. feel like I've been like more of a, a brainy type kid growing up versus uh, brawny, I guess. Yeah, here's my take on that. I was also a brainy type kid growing up. Honoka practices poor science lab safety. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's a little mad scientist. It's great. <laughs> you need to wear some goggles, please. And also, if you're gonna like have that much lab equipment, like maybe test it a couple times before you're like, yes, it's time for this huge giant glass rig that I'm gonna let blow up instead of like trying to stop it. Maybe I don't think she meant for it to blow up. It did make the candy. It did. <laughs> she could have had it in like a, a fume hood or something like that. That would like um, better ventilate it and uh, kind of they some uh, fume hoods have like shielding on them. So you could like close it if there's like an explosion. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I'm glad we have someone on the podcast who's a fan of Cure White because I know that Cassidy's more a fan of Cure Black. And I'm just kind of in the middle. I mean, I, I like Cure Black as a lead character because I feel like she's kind of who we spend a lot more time with as far as like your perspective in the world and like who just like is on screen more. Um, and like I said before, like I really like the way that the two of them work together. Um, this is, I don't, I don't know. She <laughs> she's got like the the fuller skirt versus the skirt and shorts combo, and I like her. When she transforms, she's got, like, the bigger hair. It gets, like, big and long and a bigger ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cure White is good. I just, I cannot forgive poor science safety. <laughs> I mean, also, you, I, when the moment you said you're a fan of Cure Black, I'm like, yeah, no, that that's pretty fitting. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, we did get our results on the is the poll that we put up on twitter we did uh-huh 
and I believe it was a difference of one, maybe two votes. <laughs> yeah. But I am the podcast's official Cure Black. And I am Cure White. Nice. Uh, so I do have the English name here for the episode. Oh, wait. I was going to ask Crash, did you vote in the poll? I don't remember. Let me see. I feel like I did. Because I want to know which one you voted for. But also, I voted before I even like watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we also get to know if your opinion has changed. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, no, I voted for uh, Cassidy as Precure Black and Charlie as Precure White, and it was five votes, so I was the tiebreaker. Oh. Ah. Well, I'm glad your decision was the one that broke the tie. So now it's official. (laughs) But yes. Both of us also did vote in this poll. I did. Well, (laughs) I went against the grain. I voted that I'm more like Cure Black and Cassidy is Cure White, which I will hold to. Even mm. if everyone says I'm wrong. Well, I mean, like, also, like, they're going to be more more cure girls eventually, so I'm sure yes. there'll be some one who maybe, like, fits you a little bit better than white. <laughs> <laughs> you will get to them in, a, like, well, a year? A year. Yeah. A year. We'll see it in a year. Yeah. Okay. okay. What is the English title for our episode so yeah, the English title for episode five is "Is It Over Yet?" Also known as in Japan, "Serious Trouble: A Desperate Pissard." Yes, it is Pissard's last episode. Our white-haired baddie is on the way out, uh. and now we no longer have to say the word Pissard. Well, we had to say it for this episode, but afterwards we can stop <laughs> saying that name. I think we'll have to say it next week, too, at least once. All right. (laughs) You can never really be done with piss. (laughs) 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 Let's get into the episode. Because we start off in Nagisa's room. She's asleep. And like most episodes, it starts with her thinking about the previous episode where they had a deal with Pissard in the art museum. Uh, we're reminded that Meeple, no, Mipple, I keep getting their names mixed up, uh, came to Earth a hundred years ago. It shows us the scene where Piccarini is hit in the head by the phone, which I thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just the highlights of last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we fought some statues, threw Pissarda through a glass ceiling, yeah. an old man got hit with a phone. Yes. Yeah, the, the the sequence of, like, the phone getting exchanged between hands from last week's episode is very funny. Yes. And it seems like Nagisa is having a nightmare. Maybe she's dreaming about what happened, but she hears a voice call out to her. Uh, at first, it sounds like Pissard, but eventually it's just me- Meeple. I am. I will I cannot fine. say their names correctly they have bad names yeah i was gonna say if you just say it kind of a certain way then they both sound the same so yeah and like he always is he wants to be fed so yeah he, he straight up emotionally manipulates Inagisa. yeah uh. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a, a little hard to watch, but... Yeah, he even says that she's putty in his hands, which she brings up later. He's like, oh, you're just so lovely, and even if you're messy, you're cute. And it's like, you don't believe that, Meeple. You just want to be fed. Yeah, and then she swipes the card, and then once again, he's complaining about the food he gets until it's what he wants. Yeah, and he gets quite the meal. It's grilled fish, natto, dried seaweed, and miso soup with uh, a radish. Yeah, yeah, daikon radish. It's yeah. yeah, it's a pretty standard, like, breakfast meal and it also is like yeah like really tasty stuff yes and then also like the other option of amu rice which is always good yeah right but he's like no i want kitsune udon i want kitsune udon because meeple is a brat and he does not like it when he doesn't get his way (laughs) He describes himself using the phrase domineering husband. Yes. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, you're like one of the few men that get to be on this show. You you better like <laughs> show some respect or we're just going to kick you out. Yeah. Why couldn't this be like serious trouble, a desperate Meeple, and then Meeple gets replaced by Pissard. <laughs> Aww, little like stuffed animal Pissard. He looks like like a little like chibi David Bowie. Oh my god. I'd love it. That would be amazing. I mean, I would take Pissard over Meeple, because Meeple's just a lot to handle. Yeah. Because he's like, I have another favor to ask of you. He doesn't even let Nagisa go eat her own breakfast. He's like, no. I want you to take me to see Meeple. But we don't actually get to hear that he wants to see Meeple right away, because he says he wants... He wants, and then we cut over to the evil side before he can finish his sentence. <laughs> and we get to see Jakku King once more. He has an interesting line when he talks to Pissard. He says, my eternity is Dosuku Zone's eternity. My destruction is your destruction. Which says to me that if Jakku King is destroyed, everyone in the Dosuku Zone will also be destroyed. Yeah, it kind of, like, really accurately sets what's at stake for the bad guys. Like, you know, they need to keep the prism stones. They need to get all the prism stones. If they fail this, then Jakku King is not strong enough and he can just be wiped out. Yeah. Yeah, the dark dude needs the power of all seven chaos emeralds. (laughs) Prism stones. (laughs) You didn't listen to uh, previous episodes, but we discovered that Futabi Wall is just a ripoff of Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, it's a synthesis of a lot of things. I don't, I don't like to compare like shows just because they're in the same genre. But like, it's interesting watching uh, Precure and just being like, yeah, that's. I, I feel like I've seen this episode before. <laughs> Definitely, and we get to see the other bad guys clearly for the first time, except for the ending, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's like this big guy with like a lot of muscles. Uh, there's, like, this kid who looks like he's, like, the same age as Nanaka and Honaka. Uh, there's this kind of, like, sexy lady with, like, red hair, and there's one of the guys in this group, like, the fourth guy that it's shown, who's, like, bald and has, like, pointy ears. He kind of reminds me of Piccolo, for some reason. Yeah. Like, his design. Yeah, it's a little bit of the design and, like, the fact that he doesn't have, like, 
um like peach tone skin i think he's got like blue skin yeah so i'm glad it wasn't just me who was like you know he kind of looks like that <laughs> yeah but they don't have faith in Pissar. they're like i don't understand why he's doing so badly like yeah i think um i think it's the lady of the generals who's just like He's got looks, but is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're uh, pretty brutal. Yeah. And they're discussing who should go next after Pissard is done. Because they know this is Pissard's last episode. So they're like, well, who's going to be the next one? Yeah, yeah. And Pissard, of course, overhears them talking about it. Yeah, I think that kind of like sets up for... Like, he's already pretty desperate, but like, I feel like him overhearing it um, pushes him further into desperation and kind of uh, makes some of his actions later make a little bit more sense. Because, like, I think in this moment and with, with meeting with Jaku King, he's like, you know, it's very, very, very clear what's at stake for him, what he needs to do. Yeah, because no one really wants him around. No one really likes him. But we cut back to the others, well, to Nagisa and Meeple, walking so they can go see uh, Honoka and Mipple. And along the way, uh, they start talking about, like, how Nagisa doesn't have a boyfriend. So, of course, she can't understand why he wants to go see his future wife so much. And, of course, when uh, Meeple says that, we see the boy run by, as if he is summoned from the abyss by the mention of dating (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the show trying to remind us that nagisa is is not gay for her uh, magical girl companion although every time he's on screen i'm like okay but like why are we trying who's to push this, this a, push this agenda nagisa is bi clearly yeah but also who is this man we've only seen him twice yeah and we even learned that nagisa doesn't even know his name she just knows that he's an upperclassman on the soccer team um also i think it's around here that i'm like oh this is actually i think the gayest episode of pretty cure so far Mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. um, when meeple's talking about how he feels about Miffle and how they like feel connected or whatever uh he's like isn't it like that with you and H- hanukkah yeah and she's like no and then they get there and it's pretty much the exact same yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's true. They definitely are, especially like towards the end as well, like towards the end of the episode, like the show's like, she has a crush on this boy, but like, I don't know. There is literally a line that's coming up here in a little bit that I have written down a verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they ended up going to the park and just letting Meeple and Mipple swing on the swings. I feel like they shouldn't let them out in public like that, but I guess no one's around to see the two fairies. I'm not sure what they would say if someone saw them. These are just all really weird cats. But they do start talking about uh, dating. I mean, if you like, they could go the Digimon route and just say they're like stuffed animals. Yeah. That's true. That's probably what I would go with. Yeah. But Nagisa says that she doesn't have a boyfriend. And... Honoka's like, oh, I also don't have a boyfriend. And she says that, uh, 
Uh, sorry, this is the line that I wrote down. Uh, it is, don't you have a boyfriend? Of course I don't have a boyfriend. I see. So you're like me. <laughs> I, I will say, like, the, when I heard that the first time, I just... I, I could I took that as like, oh, you're too busy to be like to have a boyfriend, but also no, that's totally that totally makes sense. But yeah, we had left off. Um, they were at the playground, the Meepos were on the swing. Yes. And Kira White says, Don't you have a boyfriend? Of course I don't have a boyfriend. I see. So you're like me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Nagisa mentions that Honoka is pretty popular with the boys. And she's like, oh, I only get a love little once or twice a month. Which, I mean, I guess it could be more often, but it's that's still pretty frequent. It's more than mm-hmm. what I ever got. Yeah, yeah. So having somebody confess their love to you I, at all, I feel like, is pretty frequent. And uh, Nagisa says that she... Uh, does only gets love letters from girls. And Honoka has a really good line where she says, being popular with the girls is proof that you're a wonderful girl, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, that was really sweet. I was not really expecting something like that. Yes. <laughs> it's also kind of gay. Oh, it's entirely gay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I said this last time, but this is accidentally the gayest episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it only gets scared from here, but we'll see. And this episode has some very horny cell phone action, so... Yeah. So, she asks Nagisa if she has a crush on someone, and she thinks about uh, Mr. Fuji P, but she's like, no, no, I don't like anyone. You know. What about you? And Honaka describes her perfect relationship, where they both respect each other, and Nagisa says that sounds kind of complicated, I don't get. I mean, no, that's what you should want for a relationship, that you both respect each other. Yeah. But their talk together is cut short because the Meepos have a bad feeling and turn back into phones. And both the Cures think that it's Pissard because, you know, usually when they have a bad feeling, Pissard shows up. But actually, it's just some shitty guys hitting on them. Yeah, it's like bad Vulcan skull. Yeah. They look like they might be high schoolers. I definitely think they're older. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they look older, but not like... I don't think they're over 18, kind of old. No, they're probably like that would... sophomores, maybe. Yeah, but that's still mm. pretty old, Honoka Nag's a middle schooler. Yeah, it is definitely still creepy. It's just like, yeah. I guess, could be creepier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but I... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I love how Honoka is just, like, ready to fight yeah. immediately. Yeah, Honoka tears into these fools. She suffers no foolishness <laughs> at all. Honoka, not Honoka, Nagisa actually has to jack her off, because she's just ready to fight these guys. It's definitely, like, not what I expected the reaction to be, because I expected Cure Black to, like, really, like, take the lead and be like, no, you guys need to leave us alone. But I really like that, you know, in this moment... Honoka really kind of plays against the trope of being like, oh, she's meek and white and pure. She's like, no, fuck off, leave us alone. Yeah, and I think it really uh, leads up to like how she acts when she deals with Pissar later. Like she's 
the one who's like shouting back at him saying that he's wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think Honokai kind of steps it up this episode yeah absolutely yeah 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 but uh once they leave the park they head out into the busy streets and they start talking about food because we don't know if Honoka is eaten, but I'm pretty sure Nagisa hasn't had anything to eat since she woke up this morning because Meepo didn't let her eat breakfast. Yeah, Meepo was like, it's horny cell phone time. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> so they start going back and forth about what they want to eat. Uh, Nagisa stressed Takoyaki. Takoyaki. Yes. And then she suggests fried noodles. <laughs> oh, sorry, they end on Takoyaki. Yeah, yeah, it's Takoyaki. I voted... I mean, Taiyaki. I wrote it down. I might not be saying it right. You're close. It's pretty It's pretty yeah. close. Honoka says, pasta? And then Nagisa says, Ona... I don't know if I could say this word. It's Ono... No... Miyaki? I think it's like a... Kind of like pancake food. Yeah, it's like um, Either like a vegetable or a meat, I want to say. Then you pour like pancake batter over that it's like savory yeah uh honoka stress pizza and then nagisa stress nabiyaki and meanwhile as they're talking about this food nagisa is like walking forward towards honoka and honoka's like backing up (laughs) and also it's like do you only like food that ends in yaki (laughs) yeah honoka asks if she's just asking if she just likes food that ends with yaki which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Because the thing she stressed next is takoyaki. Oh, I don't think I said that right. That's basically right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we get to meet a new character, Akane, who works at this, yes. like, stall. Like, one of those food trucks, but it's like a bus. Yeah, it's a food. It looks like it was just a straight-up food truck to me, but oh. I may have been wrong. Oh, I think it is. No, it definitely looks like a food truck. It's yellow, so my mind went straight to bus. But it's probably just a food <laughs> What's interesting? Uh, no, you go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say, Akane just gives off like cool aunt energy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like, part of me was almost like, man, if they ever do like a prequel series, you could, they could do prequel precure, and maybe Akane was a precure in another life. Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, I think Nagisa says, like, oh, she used to be the leader of the lacrosse team. Yeah. But I'm like, not. she just seems like your aunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Nagisa definitely mentions that she uh, comes by here after lacrosse practice, so she's probably pretty familiar with Hakane. What's mm. interesting is that her last name is Fujita, and I wonder if she's related to our boy... Because he's called Fuji P. We don't know his full name yet. So Ooh, that very much could be it. It would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> so they buy the food and they start eating. Nagisa is kind of like tossing it off the toothpick into her mouth. And Honoka tries to do that. And it kind of flies away and it goes into Nagisa's mouth instead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to me uh were you gonna say something i was just saying it's a it's a it's a cute bit of animation yeah and then now he says like no it takes a lot of experience to be able to pull that off yeah 
which of course she makes it look effortlessly. She does it effortlessly with her like natural athleticism. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it does take some talents like tossing food into your mouth. I don't do it that often because I'm not good at stuff like that. Especially off of a toothpick. Yeah. And it's not like she's like whipping it towards her face. She's like pushing it up in an arc into her mouth. It's it's an odd trajectory, but it looks really cool. Yeah. And then Meeple is like, I want to go somewhere else. I want to be alone or to do something fun while being alone with Nipple. And Monica suggests going to the library. And Agatha is like, what would you do with the library? <laughs> <laughs> So Honika's like, yeah. you know what, I'll just go wherever makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, poor Honika's like, you just see in, in her face, she's like, read, dumbass? That, why, that's why I go to the library, come on. Yeah, I was thinking that too, like, there are books there to read. But Nagisa doesn't strike me, or she strikes me as the type that only likes to read for, like, school, and that is it. Yeah. So instead, they go shopping. Oh, I do want to mention, because it's important for plot reasons later, that after they do the Takayaki stuff, Nagisa grins and has a bunch of stuff in her fa- like all over her face. So Honoka lends her her handkerchief. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes, that is important. So we see Nagisa holding up a dress to her chest, and it's a nice, pretty nice-looking dress. But she doesn't feel confident that she could pull it off. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with uh, Horika's assessment that, like, it looks a little too mature for her. It just, like, it doesn't quite feel like it fits her. Yeah. Um, but also, Nagisa is at that age where it's like, well, I do want to wear something more mature, even if I can't pull it off. But either way, she doesn't have the money to pay for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Also, she goes into the chainsaw because she's like, I can't buy it, but maybe I'll try it on. And the meatballs are... I don't know what they're doing in the mirror. It looks like they're just, like, making... Because you don't get to see their face, but they're, like, facing the mirror and holding hands. And they're like, hey, what are you doing coming in here? And I'm like, you guys are just looking in the mirror. What are you doing? Well, it looks like they were also, like, doing that weird thing where they just rub their faces on each other. Oh, that's true. I was like, what are they doing in the painting stall? <laughs> what do you think they're doing in the changing saw? <laughs> no. Hopefully nothing. <laughs> oh, around this time, Honoka said, like, they're, uh, Honoka and Nagisa are talking about something, but Honoka ends up saying, oh, I just feel happy whenever I'm with you. Yes. Because Nagisa is mm. like, I hope you aren't, like, forcing yourself to be here. Because she's worried that, like, she's forcing Honoka to go along with her. This entire day. Yeah, because they haven't they haven't really done something that Honoka wants to do. It's pretty much just doing things that Nagisa wants to do kind of over and over again. Yeah. We don't get to see Nagisa wear the dress. She does go into the changing room to try it on, but it cuts to the two of them parting ways. And mm-hmm. we see Pissar standing up on a bridge as Honoka walks up the stairs to go across it. And then we cut to Nagisa walking home and She's talking again like how she feels like she is worried that Honoka is just forcing herself and she's not really enjoying herself around her and that she's worried about it. And Meepo's not really being the best because like, oh, you're just too childish. (laughs) Which I don't know. I feel like that's a valid concern. Like 
your new friend is like you, it feels like your new friend is like just hanging out with you and only doing things you want and like kind of feeling like that they may be like bored out of their mind yeah and she doesn't want to do that to Honoka because you know they have to work together and what's interesting to note we haven't seen this yet in the show but one of the key things for Kira White and Kira Black to transform they have to be together but they also have to be in sync I don't remember how long it is but if fighting they can't transform oh that does make sense yeah um i'll be curious to see if that like pops up again later yeah Mm -hmm. but we cut to honoka walking and she actually seems like she had a good time like she's talking to meeple about how you know she uh she just seems happy so i feel like nagisa doesn't have to worry too much that uh, Honoka's forcing herself. I think she's all right at this moment. Yeah, I think once they become more comfortable and friends, Nagisa will realize that Honoka does like doing what Nagisa does want to do. But also, like, maybe down the line, too, that Nagisa would be like, yes, I would like to go to the library with yeah. you. Because I kind of at this point, like, mad science and reading books is kind of all we know about, like, Honoka's interests. But Pissard shows up to attack her. I guess he realizes that alone they can't do anything. So he's like, I'll go after one of them. So he goes after Honoka and he starts chasing her and she runs off. And Nagisa mm-hmm. realizes that she forgot to return the handkerchief to Honoka. So she shows yes. back up at her house and her grandmother's there and she's like, oh no, Honoka didn't come home yet. I really like Hanukkah's grandma. She she feels like what I wanted from Usagi's parents in the Sailor Moon anime, where, like, Hanukkah's grandma feels like she knows what's going on, even though she doesn't know exactly what's going on. Just, like, the way that Hanukkah's trying to lie to her, and the grandma's like, mm-hmm, okay, dear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've come to the conclusion that I'm pretty sure she at least knows about like the whole pretty cure situation if not was a pretty cure yeah 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 she definitely knows a lot more than she's like leading on yeah and nagisa thinks that maybe oh because at the library because she did suggest it early so maybe that's where she is Mm -hmm. but meeple's like so no go ahead oh i was just gonna say it shows that like nagisa's at least paying attention to and like remembering things about honoka Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meeple has a bad feeling about what's going on, but Noxa's kind of like, I'm sure she's fine. I'm sure we don't have to worry about it. And she kind of seems like she's going back home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And we cut back to Pissarid, like, coming after Honoka and being like, I want the Prism Stones. Just give it up. You can't fight me. You can't transform right now. You know, they went into an abandoned construction site. I'm not sure why Honoka thought that was a good idea. I think she was maybe, like, trying to lose him in there. Mm -hmm. That, like, if she can't fight him, she can at least try to outsmart him and, like, get away. And she's feisty, too. She's, like, sassing him back and, like, kind of, like, yelling back at him when he's like, you know, you can't transform your weak by yourself. And she's like, uh, no, leave me alone. You're mean. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene that I think it may have just been, like, because of the animation and, like, the camera angle as a result. Um, mm. But Pissar starts just throwing construction equipment at her. And 
he whips a bulldozer right past like the side of her face and she just stands there unfazed it's great <laughs> oh maybe she's getting used to having large things thrown at her after everything that's <laughs> happened so far but it is kind of weird <laughs> you know, like the only reason i think it might have been like an animation error or something was because in the one camera cut later he throws like a um a backhoe or whatever you want to call it at her and she like does try to flinch out of the way out of that one mm-hmm. uh he even he does repeat uh the line that if the jacoon king lives eternally he'll live eternally he's very desperate to get these prison stones so he does not die because if the jacoon king's gone then he's gone mm-hmm. and he knows he's at like the end of the uh end of his sword i'm looking for like times to try and get the prism stones like he's right at the end yeah he's had all the chances he's gonna get the jacku king made it very clear that if he fails this time he is out yeah and nagisa keeps shouting him that no he's wrong he can't do it like the things that he wants all this trying to steal the prism stones it's wrong but he eventually knocks her down and Mipple flies out of her hand and he grabs it. But before he can do anything, Nyssa shows up. Mm-hmm. Perfect time. And I wrote down this line because I'm not entirely sure where it came from. Because <laughs> Nyssa says, The power of love is incredible, isn't it, Yuki Shiro-san? And I'm thinking it's about the Meeples. Yeah, earlier in the episode, um, Meeple. The one with the E in the name, Nagisa's. Yes. Um, says that because, like, oh, we don't even know if they're going to be home at Honoka's house. He's like, oh, I know she's going to be there waiting for me. And when they get there, she's there. And he's like, see? That's the power of love, Meepo. Mmm. At least Meepo is good for something. His <laughs> burning love helped them find Honoka before something bad happened. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, maybe she just learned about that and then used her own burning love, but yeah, that's for another discussion. Passard <laughs> <laughs> uh, says the line, can you defeat me if you can't transform before giving them back the ability to kick his ass? Yeah. <laughs> right, He so he like literally has Mipple in his hand like, like he had the upper hand. He just needed to destroy two middle schoolers with no transformation powers but i think this is kind of setting up what i was talking about earlier where he's desperate and not really making rational decisions where he's like i'm gonna give you your cell phone back because i want this i want to beat you at your strongest yeah come at even though rational you've got yeah even though rationally <laughs> he should have kept that cell phone and been like no i want the advantage so i can kill you and get the the prism stones but he's just like so backed into a corner that he's like not even making good calls at this point yeah it definitely would have been better if he just kept nipple and like i don't know crush well i guess he wants the prism stone so you would have to try and get it from nipple but like as normal middle school girls without transforming it would be really easy to just destroy them yeah he definitely has the advantage in that fight yeah but they manage to transform and they get to start a fight they jump onto a train? Yes. Um, and Pissard <laughs> starts Naruto running next to it. 
<laughs> just full kabuki J- D- david bowie looking ass naruto running next to them yeah you know uh, he he jumps on there to start fighting them and at some point like honika goes to dive and get nuggets out of the way of an attack and i'm pretty sure she says meepo at the end of her sentence <laughs> you know i didn't catch that but that would i have to re-listen to this episode to see if i catch that yeah but then they jump off the train and they land on the side of a riverbank and pissard's doing a pretty he's not doing too badly like he's landing some hits in and he's able to like throw an out when she tries to kick him yeah i would say he's doing better than they are in this fight yeah um yeah. Also, apparently, he can just run on water. Yeah, <laughs> he just runs across the bank. I'm not sure why he runs across like the other side when he could just continue fighting them on the side of the riverbank they're already on. I don't know. Mm. It's so he can then jump on top of the train tracks dramatically. Yeah, he does throw, uh, like, use his power to like throw throw water at them. Like, use the water to like attack them. Throw water. To water bend. Sounds mm. pretty lame. But Pissard is, of course, defeated by their... Yeah, there's a uh, line right before that. He's, he's like, after he's been pretty much destroying them up to this point, he's like, what can you do? And they're like, what do you think? And then they do their super move. <laughs> yep. I, I really like Pretty Cure, uh, Pretty Cure Marvel Screw. It's really fun. Yes. I mentioned before, yeah. uh, since... You haven't listened to the episodes yet. The first time you saw it, that it kind of sounds like a drink. Oh, it does. Um, my partner, when we were watching it, every time they would say like "Black Thunder," "White Thunder," and then afterwards he would go "Jupiter Thunder." <laughs> That's good. My, which is very funny for something coming up in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, also, like my favorite part about the super move that I did mention, I think the first time we saw it. Also, um is that it does push them backwards just a little bit when they fire off the marble screw beam. Yes. Which is always yeah. very good. And Pissar tries to defend the attack. Like, he tries to use his own power to, like, stop it from hitting him. But And it works for, like, a minute. Yeah. And they have a full discussion about the futility of fighting. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> using your power to get what you want, I refuse to acknowledge it. Like, you're in the wrong, Pissard. If if you really wanted to win this fight, buddy, you should have not given up that cell phone. Yeah. And he says that it's futile to fight back; that they're destined to be swallowed up by the Dexuku Zone. But they... um, but then eventually, they I guess just their anger about Pissard just yes. powers up their move enough to obliterate Pissard into just his necklace. Yes. Which then turns into a prism stone. Yes, I did write obliterated in my notes. Because he, he gets, like, destroyed. And this is what I was talking about, how he's destroyed, but not dead, technically? Because Meeple says he went back to the world of darkness. Okay, so maybe this is, like, a, a life stream situation where, like, his energy goes back to the world of darkness, but, like, the form of Pissard is gone, maybe? Yeah, I think he's definitely, like, gone. Like, he's not going to show back up again, but, like, his essence went back to the darkness. It's like mm-hmm. the Force. You may have struck down Pissard, but he'll come back stronger than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> With bigger hair! Oh, God. 
<laughs> but yes, his necklace does turn into a prism stone. And the episode just ends there, like, they just see this green prism stone, and it's like, episode over. Guess we'll have to wait for next week to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of like in a diamond shape, and then it kind of materializes into a, a green heart, which we've seen in the intro. One of them is holding, like, a very toyetic-looking piece of Magical Girl equipment that has, like, the seven co- rainbow hearts in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's what that is. And then also it's green, like we had, pre- like me and my boyfriend predicted of, you know, green for Sailor Jupiter, Jupiter Thunder. <laughs> I mean, you're right. So it seems that we were wrong about where the prism stones are. Yaku King did not eat them. He does not have five tails, sadly. Was... <laughs> <laughs> but also I think it lines up with how many generals yes. there are. Mm-hmm. Like, after that rose revealed, I was like, oh, yeah, there are four more generals left since Mipple and Mepple have two stones and then there are five generals. Yes. Yeah. Just keep comparing it to other forms of pop culture. It's like the vision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jacques King has five the visions. You're right. <laughs> and... Which would be a lot more interesting for the Infinity War. But that's just my opinion, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, they could do a lot of things to fix Infinity War. Yeah. We do see uh, two of the gen- other generals wearing the necklace, like the uh, little kid one and the sexy lady. You can see they're also wearing necklaces like this hard. We don't want really to see it mm-hmm. on the uh, big hulking guy and the uh, weird alien-looking dude. The Namekian. <laughs> we didn't get any Zakena this episode. You're right. Yeah, I miss Sakina. I love the little Gomenas. I love them so much. Well, it looks like they're going to be showing up <laughs> next week. I think. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's kind of back to um, a, a monster of the yeah. week. Oh, speaking of next episode, Honak is serving some looks next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to like continue watching the show catch up on the podcast and then stay current on the podcast i'm really enjoying the the first five episodes of this season i'm glad it's a good series i'm excited to get more people into it yeah yeah it's like it's a nice synthesis of some stuff i already know but also like doing your own take on it and you know kind of like making it original and fresh like yeah i've seen some of this before but like it still feels like the first time because it is new to me because it is you know i've never really watched precure yeah it definitely has a special place in my heart which is why it upsets me when like i know i joked earlier that it's a ripoff of sonic but a lot of people do call it a ripoff of Sailor moon and i just i don't really see that like, yeah, have... there's there's room for all the magical yes. girls. They're all good. Well, except for like the new school ones that are like, let's just be brutal for brutal brutality's sake and not really like be thoughtful about our violence. Yeah. And like a lot of the stuff that Peter has done recently has been like really good. Like last season we had our first boy cure and there's some implication that he could be non-binary. But, like, that's up to interpretation, and, like, there's, like, not explicit, like, they don't say outright, but there's a lot of, like, especially in, like, uh, Kirka Alamo, and, like, the boy here, like, kind of, like, gave 
relationships in this series. Like, they're becoming more and more, like, progressive as, like, recently. And it's just a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I definitely feel like... You know, I don't necessarily feel like I needed to be one over, but, like, I am definitely on board. And now I kind of feel like I'm kicking myself a little bit for, like, not even giving it a chance before this, but I'm glad I have. Uh, hey, not to derail the conversation, but I just realized that Time Dad is is green today. Oh. Oh. It <laughs> is, not red. <laughs> huh. Happy St. Pat's, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did, re- I thought that was interesting, but I wasn't sure if it was just always green and I didn't notice it before. <laughs> It, no, it's green because the prism stone we are covering today is green. Thank you. Is. Oh, hmm. Follow, follow the money, which is also green. <laughs> also, I'm excited for next episode because it seems like they'll be fighting a bear, and they have like a little bear in their arms. There's just gonna be a lot of bears. Yeah, I'm excited yep. for this next episode. Like, I think more excited than I've been for an episode up to this point. Oh no, but Cassidy. <laughs> It might be this episode, it might be next episode, where Meeple loses the Prism Stone. Well, look, (laughs) Meeple sucks, and I'm not expecting anything better. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the the love between the Meeple-Meeple duo is what let the girls find each other, so, like, that's helpful, at least? Yeah. They do one thing right. When we get to the horny fairy series, maybe you'll think better of Meeple. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of fairies from a lot of series, but Meeple's probably one of my least favorites of what I've seen. But if you want to talk about Predacare or like what you feel about the fairies, you can contact us at Prepod Engaged on Twitter. And you can find yes. me on Twitter at Magical underscore Pride. And you can find me on Twitter at Madlobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. Crash, where can people find you? Plug some stuff. Um, I am on a podcast called Hey, Let's Talk About It, which me and two other friends talk about it. Never heard you of it. You might actually, we actually, uh, you may recognize some of the voices on there. I don't know. It's just a little thing. Um, that's at Hey Let's Talk Cast on Twitter. And personally, I am on Twitter at Crashing Waves 14. That's a 14, like one in four. Um, you can hear me talk about MMOs, K pop, lots of different things. I'm always riled up about something. Give me a follow. And until next time, we need your help, Meepo. Meepo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna